You're listening to the Authentic Chaos Podcast, an exploration into our inner selves and journeys of self-discovery. I'm your host, Vahagan Yarnosian. Today, I want to start with a simple question with a difficult answer. Who are you? Not who are you to other people, but who are you to you? How would you describe yourself to you? Before we go too deep into what this is, I want to start with a little bit of an exploration into how I view identity. Understanding ourselves, understanding our identities can be a challenge for most of us on the best of days and can be impossible for many of us uh, in the turmoil of our daily lives. It's easy to describe ourselves to other people in terms of the things that are outwardly, the characteristics that are outwardly shared with other people, like jobs, nationality, religion, political views. But who are we underneath? Many people in my life also struggle to figure out, know who they are, and I've definitely struggled with figuring out who I am. For many years, I thought I knew who I was, and I even mentioned this on prior episodes. But who I am now, and how I understand myself now, is vastly different. And to help you understand, maybe understand more of who you are, I want to talk about collective narratives. Collective narratives, are I describe these as stories, ideals that we tell ourselves that are adopted by a large amount of people and produce a sort of set of rules or understanding about how the world around us works and how we work. Religion, for instance, is a collective narrative. It answers the question of why we're here and who we are to an extent. Capitalism is a narrative. It explains how things work in the world and why we're motivated in the way we are to do things. Nationality is a narrative explaining how we got here and where we're going. And why do we have these narratives and why do they play such a big part of who we are and such a big part of our identities. Societies arguably wouldn't quite function without narratives like this, but where did it all start? So I have a bit of a luxury of having been taught a lot of the narratives of my people from ages ago, from generations and generations ago. And I've noticed some patterns. And maybe this is my own take on on it, but how I imagine humans evolving is that as we grew as a species, we our groups of our family groups started having to become bigger. First, we had families. And it was easy to understand why families need to stick together. These are literally people that you share genes with. Very direct bloodlines. 
But then, as we grew as a species, multiple families started coming together to form communities. But in order for us to succeed, we needed to come up with a collective narrative to bind these communities together and to make sure that everyone supported each other. There's nothing wrong with these narratives, as you'll come to learn. A lot of these narratives are important for our survival and our continued well-being. So back to the, uh, back to the community. So as we grew even bigger and more and more communities started living in similar areas, we started to have towns and cities. These are big communities with lots of people living together. And you need to have some way, some narrative of, that binds everyone together. Otherwise, there would be chaos and multiple communities and multiple families would start fighting each other or steer away from each other, not cooperate. And as we continue to develop, we've come to the point now where we're seeing nations uh, or we've seen, we saw empires in the past. Now we're in the nation phase. And maybe at a point we see a global identity. But all throughout our development as a species, we have used these collective narratives to bind people together to form a cohesive society. And these narratives are contributed to by the people that are part of that society. So we contribute to the narrative and we adopt the narrative. So what does adopting the narrative really mean? Well, if we consider that the way our, that our mind is uh, connected, our neurons in our mind are connected in a way that is based on our assumptions and how we think, then the traditions that we're taught, how we're taught the world works, literally has an impact on how our mind is ordered and how our neurons connect. And this, create, this is easy for us. We, there are rules that are well understood that create these patterns. And like I, I mentioned this in my episode on chaos, that the mind loves to find patterns. We take the noise, the random information from the universe, and we attain patterns from it. And that patterns are meaning. And what easier way to learn that meaning and these patterns than by learning that this is how the world works because of these narratives, tradition, religion, capitalism, nationality, even like smaller narratives like, uh, like family traditions. These are ways of imparting patterns, pattern thinking to us, to your other generations, to strangers. And that helps everyone maintain a very similar mindset. I want to provide an example, a more concrete example, in capitalism. So we live with these big corporations, and if you work in a corporation, you'll have seen this. A lot of these corporations adopt values and principles, and these values and principles are basically a corporate culture 
that gets propagated from the higher ups and gets adopted by middle managers and gets adopted ultimately by the workers. You're taught that if you want to succeed in this corporate world, you need to adopt these principles and work by these rules. And so you make that a part of you. You start to, some people start to consider it as part of their speech and take into account how they think and slowly but surely, your mind is making changes based on these, this narrative. I know full well I was in this situation. I, had, I worked in a big corporation for several years and found myself thinking in the same way that the corporate culture taught me about things outside of the corporation itself. My mind was being hardwired into this like pro-capitalist, pro-corporate world. And it was becoming a part of my identity. And now I'm a little bit more aware of it. And that's really the, what I want to try to put into people's minds here. A lot of these narratives are not bad necessarily i in fact like i mentioned society wouldn't be to the point it is today if we didn't have these narratives but if you are not aware of these narratives then their control over you well not control but their influence over you can grow much bigger than you initially expected Think of your mind as, uh, let's say, a box. A box that you can put things in. And every one of these identities takes up some space in that box. So let's say you're a good God-fearing person, so your religion maybe takes a portion of that. You know, the religion has certain rules and expectations and uh, archetypes that you want to live by. So that, that takes up part of who you how you define yourself. Um, the nation you live in and maybe the, even the city you live in might also, that also comes with some values and some archetypes. That also takes up some space in your box. Uh, your job, uh, that can take up some space in your box. Sure, true. I mean, we work uh, 40 hours a week, 40 plus hours a week, some of us. Uh, so, of course, that's a, that can easily be a big portion of your identity and who you are. Um, maybe you have some politi strong-held political beliefs. That can take up a portion of who you are, too. And in any, as in any good uh, organizational tools, if you don't provide barriers and boundaries for these collective identities, they can start to expand and take up more of the box than you initially intended. And there's, a, there's one last piece of that box that I didn't mention, but that piece is you, your, your own voice. I mentioned this in the episode on chaos, that deep down we 
I think we're all chaotic and that chaos comes from our inner voice where there isn't an easily defined pattern. There isn't a collective narrative behind who we are because it's so personal to us. And there can never be a collective narrative around that. But because of that, it is not continuously enforced from the outside world. So it can be hard for us to give it the space it needs or even be aware of it until we look inward. So I want to encourage all of us to put in the boundaries that make sense so that we can give ourselves the space to be part, to be part of our own identity. Okay, so a lot of this was very um, theoretical, um, which is I love to think about, obviously, but I want to provide some concrete examples to you, dear listener, about how I found my own, my own self and my own voice and created these boundaries for these collective identities. A big part of it, uh, so a big part of my beginning was really starting therapy because I had recognized through therapy that I was living multiple parallel lives. I had literally differentiated my own self based on the group that I was talking to and the narrative that was accepted by that group. In my, to my family, I was one Vahagan. To my friends, I was another. To coworkers, I was yet another. To even to different groups of friends, I was literally different people. But all of these people were me. I was not being, I was not being fake in any of these situations. I just wasn't, there was, I wasn't really being truth, honest with myself about who I was though. And I had these strict boundaries set up for the different groups I was part of. But I was still adopting the narratives, the collective narratives that were mostly accepted by that group. And reflecting on it, I think it came from a desire to fit in. I've always had this desire to be wanted and loved uh, by the community I'm a part of because I grew up with a very strong sense of community and a culture of community, but I also grew up in a household with troubles where there were conflicts between different sides. And so I learned that there are these different narratives and that I had to be aware of these narratives and maybe even put boundaries up of who I was to fit in with the narratives. Digging deeper into myself, though, and when I started to really, truly understand who I was through deeper introspection, I started to realize that I had the boundaries up in the wrong place. My therapist even mentioned, how do we break down the boundaries of who I am? 
but we didn't really talk about how do we put boundaries around the different narratives in my mind. Uh, granted, we didn't really go deep into that. I didn't even start thinking about these narratives until much more recently when I started to imagine different versions of myself. And this, this concept of imagining different versions of myself is something that I definitely want to have a full episode dedicated to because I think there is some transformational potential in it. Um, but the, talking about collective narratives and understanding collective narratives is a, an important step to really getting to that point. So back to the narratives. So I'm, I already had some experience putting up boundaries in my, in my mind. And when I started to understand the narratives that were defining features of who I was to other people, and based on the cultures that I was accepting, it became easier for me to be more intentional about how much space they, they took in my mind. Even simple, simple exercises like when I think about work outside of, outside of work, I wouldn't focus on it too much. I wouldn't dive deeper into the thought that would pop up. This is kind of a technique that I learned through meditation that your mind will always have thoughts always come up with thoughts for many from different parts of your brain but it's up to you whether or not you focus on them and so by focusing on my own voice instead of these external narratives i started to relinquish the power that those collective narratives had over me and through that, I started to find my own self. And through that, I noticed a change. People started to see me differently. People started to experience me differently. They started to feel my vibes or my authenticity or my energy. It's hard to know, it's hard to explain uh, <laughs> because. English is a very limited tool, has limited tools for this. And I think that what people are trying to describe, we don't yet understand. But I think it was ultimately that I started to understand myself on a deeper level and it shifted a lot. People noticed that I was starting to be different from uh, what they expected me to be and what they expected other people to be. Because I recognize I was no longer acting as the quote-unquote normal brain. I was no longer just acting out based on these narratives, these collective narratives that were accepted by society. I was also acting on my own narrative, my own internal monologue, my own internal narrative. And that is unique and allows me to it allowed me to be more myself it allowed me to explore other possibilities of who i am and 
feel more connected with the people around me. It's kind of ironic, really, that I started to become more empathetic toward other people. Not when I fully accepted these collective narratives, which, which you would think would get me to be more empathetic and understanding toward other people, but when I started to understand myself and the chaos of my own mind. So, what, do, what should you do, dear, dear listener? I challenge you to think about the narratives in your life, specifically the collective narratives, the narratives that you have adopted as part of the culture and society you live in, and I don't want you to be, feel judgmental toward them. Judgment is not the point. What I, what I think you should do is just be aware of them. Awareness is a very powerful tool. Through awareness, you can affect change. You can never hope to change anything if you don't even know it exists. And a lot of these collective narratives can lie, can be invisible to us. So I challenge you to be, to think of them. Reflect on some of the narratives in your life which you have adopted and consider how they may have impacted you. Maybe in terms of what kind of friends you've had at various points in your life or opinions you've held or opinions you still hold to this day, or how you feel about things, about certain groups of people, or even your own emotions. Consider them, and just make them be aware of them. And if you want to go further, and maybe add boundaries or explore your own narrative, feel free to do so, of course. But like I mentioned, you can never hope to do that unless you're aware of them in the first place. That's all for now. Embrace your chaos with kindness. Thank you.